A science story, huh? And I just thought, well, I figured it out. It was that golden moment because science was on my side. Hey everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. Quick reminder, we have shows coming up in Brooklyn at Union Hall September 29th and in San Francisco at the Rickshaw Stop October 26th. Go to storycollider.org for more info. This week's story is from Nate Charles Troisi. It was recorded in August 2015 at the Bowery Poetry Club in New York City. Let me tell you about my father. Uh, my father has... I think uh, three engineering degrees. And I say I think um, because there's a very good chance he's gotten another one since I started this story. He, um, he has one in electrical engineering, one majoring in power systems, and one in another thing that I don't get. And, or I can't pronounce it, I can't read it. It's on the wall, it's there. Um, which brings me to my next point. My father is, my father's a genius. And I don't say that with admiration, I say that factually. He is a genius. His degrees, the ones he got, I don't know how the grading system works here, but it, in Australia, a, a high distinction is above 85%. And then a distinction is like 70 to 85, and then a credit is like, well, you know, you were here. So <laughs> dad's courses, all of them, they said it's either credit or fail. That's all you're going to get. Like, you'll get a credit because you showed up and you worked really hard and well done, or you'll show up and work really hard and then you'll fail because it's very difficult. He got high distinctions for all of them. It was unprecedented and it was strange, just like him. Which brings me to my next point. He is also a genius in the sense that he's very eccentric and very difficult to live with and views things very pragmatically. So pragmatically. For example, Dad is the... He's the sort of person that doesn't understand pants. He doesn't see the need to... And I don't mean, like, a lot of kids have, Dad's not wearing pants again. But, like, he doesn't... It's not that he's lazy. He just doesn't understand. Like, why should I be wearing pants at this given moment? I'm on the couch now. For example, when I got my first girlfriend, I was very excited about it because, you know, I wasn't a very popular child. And I, I came up to him, and he was sitting on the lounge, pantless. And I said, Dad, um, heads up. My, my new girlfriend's going to be here in an hour. Um, I'm giving you an hour. I just need you. I just need you to put pants on. Like that's. Can you do that in 60 minutes? And he's like, yeah, yeah, shut up, leave me alone. Which is yes for dad. So I went and played computer because, as I said, I'm a cool kid. And I'm sitting there waiting, and an hour passes, and then ding dong, I hear the doorbell, and like poof, the door bursts open to the computer room, and dad, still pantless with a shirt, but now has a beanie on. Like he's added. <laughs> clothes but to the wrong end of his body your girlfriend's here now i don't put pants on and he runs off that's the kind of person my father like i figure that out i don't know but it also meant we had a very fraught relationship and then when i was 10 he he began to work very very hard he had to start up his father's business which had disintegrated into bankruptcy and he did a great job because as i said he's genius but it meant he would wake up at 4am and he would get home at about 8pm 9pm which meant i didn't see him because i was a child and i would wake up at you know 7pm 7am at best and be asleep you know after the simpsons <laughs> So I got a chemistry set for Christmas 
when I was 10. And I saw this as a wonderful bridging opportunity. A lot of people saw it as my grandmother being cheap, which is also fair. But I saw it as a bridging opportunity because now if my father and I can share an interest. You like science. I can get in on that. Sure, I understand numbers and stuff. Let's do this. I also was excited about it because if dad was into this, it gave me carte blanche to go into dad's shed which is like the forbidden zone. and I, like you don't, That's where dad goes to be weird, so we don't have to do it in the house anymore. And it's filled with like things that kids can't touch, like blades and, and kerosene and saws and balloons. And He had balloons in there. there was, for some reason, he had a helium tank, and we used to blow up balloons and just like make the little voice and everything. There's just one thing in dad's scary shed. But it meant I could go in there and we worked really hard on these, these experiments. And I learned things and I used to enjoy uh, burning different chemicals and, and discovering the, the temperature and, and the color with which they burned and different experiments. And one thing that was my favorite was I learned if you put like two, three drops of glycerin on a pile of potassium permanganate, that shit goes off. Like it... <laughs> It just burns hot white, and then it, boom, it's gone. It's beautiful. Um, and that's what I proposed to my year six, grade six teacher, because uh, we had a, a science project show coming up. I said, well, what do you, like, I'm, you just put the thing on, and then it burns hot white, and it looks really good, and I think everyone will really like it. And Mr. Robinson said, that sounds um, like a really bad idea. You can't do that, because you're a 10-year-old child, and it's irresponsible. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> Always misunderstood. And so, <laughs> so I was left in a bit of a fix because it's hard to get Dad. I'm like, Dad, we've got to come with Dave. We've got to come up with a new experiment. Like, what are we going to do? Um, and we came up with this thing. He came up with this thing. It's like you get a balloon and you, you put a straw on it and you sticky tape a straw on it and then you run some string through it and then you let it go and it flies. It's propulsion, basically. And that was my project. And I show up to the, the grade six, you know, science presentation day with like this much knowledge about potassium permanganate and, and glycerin and like very, very little knowledge about propulsion. And I'm up there nervous and, and, and I don't, I'm not popular, by the way. That's, I think I should point that out at this point. At this school, I'm not a considered, like if the chemistry set and the absent father didn't give it away, not a very cool, plus it was a very football heavy school. And again, not into, and I mean like Australian, it doesn't matter, it's just another sport, but like. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and we like, so I'm standing up there petrified in front of these peers who like, uh, at best indifferent to me with no knowledge about propulsion and a balloon and a string and some straw. And I just start doing crowd work, like. <laughs> It's the, I'm just like, well, so what's the deal with Mr. Robertson? What's, the, uh, what's going on over there, guys? And it kills. Like, it is to this day. Like, I'm 28. I've been performing for 23 years. That was still in the top three of, like, my performances. It was great. And I finish, and people... And by the time I let the balloon go, it's like a standing ovation. The guy's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you were so cool, Troisy. I mean, to be fair, like, they were football players. I think they were just happy there was a balloon in the room. But they, they clapped. Um, and Mr. Robertson came up to me afterwards. He's like, yeah, you know, Nathan, you have a, you have a real knack for science. And I said, Mr. Mr. Robertson, you have completely misunderstood what just happened um, because you have never witnessed a classroom full of dazzled children. Um, 
but it was a complete success. And I ran home just filled with this renewed vigor and joy for life and performance and people and love. And I waited in the shed for my lab partner. And I was like, what a team, what a dynamic duo. Like, you know, this child with a keen interest for science and me. We were such a good team together. Um, (laughs) And I waited in the shed for dad. And I waited and I waited. And he began to get home later and later from work. And I began to see him less and less. And he became more and more disassociative and harder to get along with because he was depressed. <sighs> and I did, I did what any 10-year-old with an absent father and a broken heart can do. And I t- started burning things. I just started burning everything in the shit. Not like a rampage. Like it was still science. But the experiment was like, can I burn this? And yes, they're like, invariably, you totally can. You just put fire on it and it's gone. Um, Hot tip, every scientist in the room. Uh, um, And I mean, I burnt every chemical in the chemistry set. I burnt the beakers. I burnt the box. I burnt things that weren't part of the chemistry set. I wrote my name in chemicals and burnt it. I just, you know, it was still interesting. I was learning, but it was was very fun. and I pretty much burnt most of everything and, and, and gotten to a point where I was like, I'm, you know, I need to up the game and I don't know what to do. And I'm looking around the shed and something just goes and it's the balloon and it's filled with helium now and it's uh, tapping me on the back of the head and I was like, you're going to burn. Um, <laughs> I get dad's butane torch, which I maintain is overkill. If you're going to do this experiment at home, don't use a butane torch. Um, <laughs> And I just hold it to the balloon and the balloon is gone. And the experiment is like, yes, you can burn a balloon. I have learned that. And there's this stillness. And I look down at my hands and I'm like, oh, I have freckles now. Lots of black freckles. And they're kind of viscous and runny and burning my skin horribly. And they're on my face and they're on my eyelids and they're on my mouth. And the balloon has exploded and become molten and sprayed rubber all over my 10-year-old face. And I run inside screaming and crying. And mum's cooking. Mum doesn't have any knife skills. Mum's cooking dinner. And I, <laughs> I come in and I'm like, oh, my God. She's like, what did you do? And I'm like, mum, there's way too much information. But I'm burning. Like, there's something bad has happened. We go, oh, my God, Nanny, Nanny, I love you. And she runs to the fridge and she gets some ice. And then the door, the door to the kitchen just thrown open and my dad's standing there like in a western he's like what did he do (laughs) and mum's like i think he burned himself i don't know apparently there's too much information i can't help you um and he says listen do not put ice on those burns we need to put honey on it to neutralize it okay and 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 leave him helen just go just go and helen my mum, walks out of the room and dad smears honey all over the burns and we sit there and he says See, when, when you apply heat to rubber, it becomes viscous and it becomes molten. So when you put the flame to the balloon, the balloon essentially turned into a liquid and the outward propulsion from the escaping air sprayed the liquid onto your face. So now we need to wait for it to harden so we can pick it off. And I said, well, what, what does the honey do, Dad? And he says... The honey doesn't do anything. Just don't fuck with my stuff. You have honey on your face now and you need to (laughs) learn to lesson. So we sit there in the kitchen, my dad and me with honey all over my face, 
waiting for the rubber to harden so he can pick it off. And it was the longest time we'd been alone together in 10 years. And it wasn't like the intention, but like it, the chemistry set actually did bring us closer together. And I'm glad that that balloon burst all over my face. Thank you. That was Nate Charles Troisi. Nate is an award-winning storyteller and solo performer originally based in Melbourne, Australia, and now based in New York City. He's currently working on his next solo show, Take Care, which will premiere in New Orleans later this year and then travel over the Pacific back towards his mother country. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Aaron Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Bear, and Liz Neely. The podcast was produced by Rose Eveleth. Additional help from Brooke Williams, Lena Groger, and Justin D'Ambrosio. The theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to the Bowery Poetry Club for hosting the show, and to Balloons for never not being surprising when blown up. Thanks for listening. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.